Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Fred Lowry, illuminating God's Word for today's world. The choice, the Word of God, or the world. The choice, Christ, or culture for us. We can choose Christ. going to talk about the power of loud love this morning, and we certainly need that power. You know, it, it, it concerns me, and I, I worry that maybe many of you are trying to control and live your lives in your own strength, and that's the temptation of the natural man, and that's, it's so easy to get caught up in that They're on the loop around Atlanta, a lady's car was on the side of the road, and a man stopped to see if he could help her, and the man checked out the car, and then he finally said to the lady, lady, your car is out of gas, and she said, well, will it hurt to drive it home, <laughs> and that's kind of how we, we can get in the, in the Christian life, is that we're, we're out of fuel. And we're trying to do it on our own, and we're trying to be in control, and, and we're trying to even work for God rather than letting God work through us. Gatorade is the, the drink of choice for athletes. I mean, if it's any game that's coming up, if you want to have performance and strength, then you need Gatorade before and during and after uh, that game. And nothing replenishes, uh, nothing uh, gives that energy and strength, not water, not Coke, not anything else other than Gatorade. It's the most researched drink on the planet. And if you've noticed their ad, they tag these words to that ad. Is it in you? Is it in you? Gatorade. Is it in you? In other words, if you want strength, if you want the, uh, the optimum of life, if you, you, if you want to, uh, to perform at your best, then the question, is it in you? Well, spiritually, when you were saved, when you became a Christian, at that very moment, God gave you the Holy Spirit. God in the Holy Spirit became a part of you for eternity. God taking up residence in your life. A God who is love. That's his character. That's who he is. God is love. And now God is in you. So that love should be in you. God is all-powerful. God's power, is it in you? God's compassion, God who is brokenhearted over lost mankind, is that compassion, God's compassion is in your life. Is it really in you? Is love in you the kind of love that would touch a world, that would make a difference? God is a God of joy. Is joy in you? Is there evidence that, that these things are in your life because God has come into your life? 
And so you have joy inside you. and You have power inside you. You have compassion inside you. You have love inside you. But you know, if it's not doing anything, if it's just sitting there because we're not depending on the Holy Spirit, we're trying to do things ourselves, and we're trying to control our own lives. We need to understand that the Christian life is impossible to live. You cannot live it in your own strength. You'll fail every time. We cannot love like we're supposed to love. We cannot have continual joy like we're supposed to have, not unless we have supernatural help. You see, the Christian life is a supernatural life. You cannot do it on your own. You'll make a mess out of it. And then all of us have, have tried it on our own so many times. We'll give everything to God, then we want to take it back. So, do you have that power evident in your life, that love evident in your life, that joy evident in your life, so much so that it is not only changing your life, but the overflow of it is changing the lives of other people. There's a guy who got a job with the transportation area, the the road people who do the work on the roads, whatever you call that crowd that does the work on the roads. I don't know, Mike, you know. I didn't mean to wake you up. It's, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But they have roadside on the side of the road. Well, this guy signs up. He's needing a job, and they put him painting stripes. There's the mayor. I should ask him. So they, he gets his job painting stripes. And the first day, he painted 5,000 feet. By far the most that ever been painted. And I mean, the guy that hired him was just could not believe it. He was so excited. And they couldn't wait to see what he was going to do the next day. And the next day, he painted 3,000 feet. That was a little confusing. The next day, he painted 2,000 feet. And the guy thought, you know, I'll give him one more day. I don't know what's going on. The next day he painted a thousand feet. And he calls him in and he says, I don't get it. First day, five thousand feet. Nobody's ever done that before. We were all so impressed. But then three thousand, two thousand, now one thousand. What in the world has happened? He said, I keep getting further and further from the bucket. I think that's what happens to us in our Christian lives. Is we keep getting away from that source, that power, that Holy Spirit power. We try to do too many things on our own. So is He in you? Gatorade says, is it in you? I'm asking, is He in you? God is in you to display His glory. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. God is in you to advertise His love. He is in you to model His grace. He is in you to reveal His power. How much power does God have? He is all-powerful. Take creation. I mean, He spoke, let there be light, and light. The resurrection. 
The Bible says the same power that brought Jesus out of that grave, a dead man coming to life, that same power is available in the lives of Christians. Now, that's amazing, isn't it? That wipes out all of our excuses. See, it's not that we can't do everything God asks us to do. It's that we won't do it. We get busy about other things. We take our eyes. We're not focusing on God. We focus on this world instead of the world to come. But yet God has already given us the resources, the power. You see, God's commands are God's enablings. God will never command you to do something that he has not already gifted you, enabled you to do it. God is in you to love and serve others. When God commands you to love, he's already placed that love in your heart. God's in you to energize you for daily living and to comfort and convict you. The Holy Spirit is in our life to comfort us when we're going through difficult times, but also to convict us when we're not where we need to be. So, if God is in us, and if God is love and He is love, and God is all-powerful, and God is a God of joy, then is there evidence in our lives that God is in us? Because God's love is in us, but does it get out of us? Does it flow through us? Are, are, Are we just somehow stopping that flow? You see, it's extraordinary love. It's crazy love. It's the kind of love that will turn a life completely around. It's the love that can change a heart, that can change one's destiny. And that's the love that ought to be oozing out of our lives. See, see, we, what God wants us to do to impact our city, to love loud, God has already given us The love, it's there. It's God's love. It's agape love. It's different from any other kind of love. It's it's a love that's unselfish. It's a love that's only concerned about the other person. And that love is already in us. And it so fills us that the overflow of that love should be making a difference everywhere you go. See, when we turn out of here in a few minutes, and when you go out across this city this afternoon, everywhere you go, you, you are full of love, and it ought to be overflowing. Or maybe like this revival meeting years ago when they had, used to have revivals, this lady would come to the revival meeting every summer when they had revivals. First night, she would shout. And she would just, you know, start shouting. And then you wouldn't see her the next revival. Next revival, right back there, cuts loose, starts shouting, just stands up, raises her hand, Lord, fill me up, Lord, fill me up, Lord, fill me up, fill me up. This time a man said, Lord, don't you do it, she leaks. (laughs) Well, maybe that's what's happening in our lives and We're losing that power. We're wasting that power. You see, God ought to just be so evident. You know, when we're in somebody's presence, they they ought to sense that 
God is just all around because there's something strange, something that they cannot explain. It's a love that, that just draws you in. The uh, little boy was in the first grade and came to the teacher and said he had a stomach ache. And the teacher said, well, go to the nurse's office and see if you can stick it out to noon. And so he went to the nurse's office, and the teacher forgot about him. And later the nurse came down, and she said, you sent this little boy to me, and he's sitting over in the corner, and he has his shirt pulled up and his stomach sticking out. And she said, oh, my goodness. Said he told me he had a stomachache, and I told him to go go to your office and stick it out till noon. And that's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> and if you got any boys, you can imagine that, can't you? Well, God's love ought to be sticking out so that you simply it impacts people's lives. Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit of God in you, and that means that all of that love that's in you should be overflowing, that hope that's in you should be overflowing, that peace that's in you should be overflowing, that mercy that's in you should be overflowing. Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. See, all that matters is the reality of who we are before God and what's happening inside of us. Listen to what A.W. Tozer said. He said, When you waste your life on yourself, you waste that which is most like God on earth. Oh. When you waste your life, in other words, God God made you to flow through you. God made you so that you are God's hands to, to reach around a lost world and love them. You're God's feet to go with the gospel. You have the personality of of God to reach out to all people and love them. We're equipped to do that. But when we live selfishly, when we waste our lives, we waste that which is most like God. Because you see, if we will put God first and let the Holy Spirit fill us, and that love, we're full of that love to overflowing, and we're full of that grace and that joy, then that is going to make a difference in people's lives. But do we waste all of that? Now, let me just ask you a question. Which of these words describe your love for God right now, right this very day? Is it wholehearted? We talked about loving God with your whole heart, mind, and soul. Is it half-hearted? Is it lukewarm? Is it cold-hearted? 
And only you can know that. Only God knows your heart. But you know if you have a hot heart for God. If you have a love for God that sometimes you feel like it's just overflowing. That you just want to reach out and love people to Jesus. The God of the universe. Creator of heaven and earth. Who holds the oceans in the palm of his hand. Who measures the heavens we learned last week. By the breadth of that, of that hand. Width of that hand. That God loves you with a radical, unconditional, self-sacrificing, crazy love. And that's amazing. Knowing that, what is our response? If God who made the heavens and the earth loves us, you and me, with this unbelievable, crazy, extraordinary love, that's not based on what we have done or what we deserve. If God loves us that way, then what should be our response? i tell you what the normal response is. What do we do when God loves us that way? Well, we, we go to church and we sing a few songs and listen to the sermon and go home. And try to control and live out our lives like we're choosing to live them out. Is that the kind of response that kind of love deserves? See, God calls you and me to a passionate relationship with himself. And every good thing in your life is going to flow out of that relationship with God. See, you can be in church every Sunday and you can miss God completely. Because if this is all you get on Sunday, you're not going to experience what God has for you. You're not going to be able to be the, the instrument, the, the conduit that God can flow His love through you. John 13, 1. Having loved His own who were in the world, He now showed them the full extent of his love. How much does he love us? Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now it's one thing to die for a friend. That is amazing in itself. But to die for an enemy? That's crazy. That's insane. That somebody would die for an enemy. But God so demonstrates his love that while we were enemies of God, Christ died for us. Christ paid the ultimate price for us. So what should we do with that? Should we not upsize God and downsize ourselves? Should we not give Him our lives in total commitment? The, the, the answer to, to lukewarmness is not, you know, just doing more jobs at church. It's not 
doing more things on your to-do list. You're not going to get there that way. The answer, listen to me, the answer is simply falling in love with God over and over and over again. Because when you're in love with somebody, it changes everything. And when you're in love with somebody, you want to spend time with them. You want to talk to them. You want to hear them talk back to you. You want fellowship. And that's what God wants with us. And if we're going to make a difference in our city, it's going to be with God's love. Not our love. It's not a love that we can produce. It's God's special love, agape love. Hesed love in the Old Testament. That's the only thing that's going to melt cold hearts in this world and make a difference and draw people to Christ. And that's what we have in us. But we have to be willing for God to let it flow through us. We have to be willing to be used of God. We have to have a grateful spirit. You know, I'm so dumb that, that sometimes I forget how much God has done for me. How much God has blessed me. And sometimes I get so busy that I take for granted all that God has done. See, if we just just keep reminding ourselves of the goodness of God, that alone ought to spur us to just love Him more. And to want to tell Him that we love Him. And to want to show them that we love Him. See, Christianity is about love. The Christian faith is all about love. That's why we're calling it Love Loud because... If we're going to help people in our community, if we're going to help them with their needs, if we're going to help them with their greatest need, which is the gospel, all of that will happen through love. Because let me tell you, if we try to help people and we don't have God's love, they may not receive that at all. The world out there can spot a fake. And if, if, if you've got this attitude, you know, I'm going to help you because, you know, I've been blessed and I'm going to give you a little to help you because I'm such a good person. You're not going to help that person. But if you come to understand that you were a rotten sinner and God loved you so much he sent Jesus Christ to take your place on a cross and pay for your sins and then God loved you so that he has taken up residence in you to supply you with everything that you need. And out of your loving Him back should cause the overflow that touches people everywhere you go. You see, we're just so busy, we don't even think about touching people's lives. We don't think about reaching out to them. But there are people everywhere, all around us. If you didn't do anything but encouraging people, everybody needs encouragement. 
See, somehow we have to get over our spiritual amnesia. We have to remember how good God has been to us. But if he has actually given us his kind of love, that love cannot be held inside us. It has to be released through us. And when we do that, that's when we get our greatest joy, our greatest fulfillment. See, I don't know what it would take for us to ever understand that. That the greatest joy in life is when you genuinely love somebody else and you genuinely help somebody else. You genuinely make a difference in somebody else's life. There is nothing that can compare to that. God has so much he wants to do through us, but it's going to all come out of our love relationship with him. At salvation, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. At surrender, the Holy Spirit takes over in your life. Because, see, you got all this stuff in you that's not being used if you're in control. If you're calling the shots in your life. See, what, what I was trying to c- convey on the, the Sunday that we brought our shoes to the altar is are we willing to be close enough to God that we know God is prompting us to do something and we will spontaneously do what God has prompted us to do even if it inconveniences us or if it costs us something? Are we willing to do that? And I think that we are, and I think God is going to bless that unbelievably. You see, you have all the Holy Spirit in you. The question is, does does he have all of you? Are you holding back areas of your life, still trying to be in the driver's seat? Ephesians 3.17 So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you be rooted and established in love. So, a spirit-filled person is one where God is at home in that hearted life. God feels comfortable in that life. God wants to feel at home. Jesus wants to be at home in your heart. And he wants to be allowed to control your attitudes and control your actions. He wants to be given free reign in that, in that home. You say, we want to make deals with him. And we want him to come into the living room of our home, but not any other room. Not in, we just want him there when we need him and how we can fit him in. See, what we want to do is we want to treat him as a guest, but a very important guest. When I'm visiting in somebody's home and spend the night there, they always say to me, make yourself completely at home. But I know liar, liar, pants on fire. They don't mean that. They mean that this is your room, that is the bed, don't open the drawers, don't mess with anything, don't get out and explore. Don't go downstairs looking for the checkbook because a guest has all kind of limitations. 
But most people treat God as a very special guest and put him in an important room and check on him every Sunday. Make sure he's still around. But if that's, if that's how God has been treated in your life, he's not God at all. You're the God in your life. And you're missing every good thing that God has for you. What does he say? He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. He says, don't get drunk. Do be filled with the Spirit. Be controlled, be dominated by the Spirit. And I think it's a great picture here because we all know with a drunk, and most of us have a drunk in our family somewhere. You know if the person's drunk, you can see it in their eyes. You can hear it in their speech. You can see it in their walk. Even in their wallet. Because if he's drunk, he'll give you money. Anything he's got, he'll give to you. One man was walking with one foot on the curb and one foot on the sidewalk. And the guy stopped him and said, hey, guy, you got one foot on the curb, one foot on the street. He said, thank God, I thought I'd broken my leg. (laughs) Drunk. And interestingly, when when you tell a guy who's drunk that he's drunk, because I'm not drunk. He is controlled, he is dominated by alcohol. Don't be controlled, dominated by wine. Rather, be controlled and dominated by the Spirit of the living God. And that's what to be Spirit-filled means. It means that you have the Holy Spirit in you, He is present in you, and you allow Him to have total reign in your life. And that even means your temperament, your character. You see, we are to have the personality of Jesus. Now, he had the perfect personality. We'll never be perfect. But we are, because Christ is in us, we have the potential to have wonderful relationships. Because we have that love inside us, that compassion inside us. And we, we love people and we reach out to them in love. At least that's how it's supposed to be. But let me ask you another question. Who in your life would want to become a Christian mainly because of your disposition, your attitude, your actions. Who have you influenced that just because they have been in your presence and they have experienced your personality, your temperament, your attitude, and they have seen your actions, and because of that, they want to become a Christian. And you get to tell them, it's not me, it's the Christ in me. And you can have the same Christ. But are there there those of us who maybe have turned people off 
to Christ because of our temperament, our personality, our lack of love, our impatience. So I tell you, I live by following the Spirit. Galatians 5.16. That's how we're to live, by following the Spirit. We're to be Spirit-led, Holy Spirit-led. The genius of the Christian life is the Holy Spirit. Thank God we don't have to do it ourselves. He will guide us. He will energize and empower us. In verse 19, he gives the acts of our sinful nature, and they're very obvious. And He says, you know, this is how the sinful nature is. And then in verse 22, the spiritual life. But the Spirit produces the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. He lists nine. And it's fruit singular. Because you are to have all nine. Because they're coming from the God within you. It's already in there. The love, the peace, the joy. It's already in there. And so you're to have all nine of these and they are to be evident in, in your life. And he uses the metaphor of fruit because fruit is visible and it's, 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 you can see it, you can smell it, and you can sample it. It's, it's tasty. It's valuable. It exists for the benefit of others. First John 4, 7. Let us love one another for love comes from God. See, that's where this comes from, the God within us. Now, we got started late, and my message was going to be on Galatians 5, 22, and 23 and discuss those nine fruits that are mentioned there. And uh, I didn't make it to any of them. But we'll pick up uh, next time. But here's what I want you to know. True love begins and ends with God. And when you truly love God, you will truly love other people. And you will also love yourself. And when you are loving, you are living. Let's let love flow through us as we become includers and inviters and investors as we reach out and touch people we love people to Jesus we minister to people we help people in Jesus name and hopefully they will want the Jesus that we have as we love love we hope you were blessed by our program today If you would like a copy of today's program, go to www.fredlowry.com where you can find this program and other Christian resources by Dr. Fred Lowry. 